Good afternoon. I am Nicholas from Salesian Sports Broadcasting, and I'm followed by uh, Andrew Vieira and Lucas. <clears throat> and uh, this is going to be our last uh, MLB podcast of the year. Um, probably the last podcast of the year if we don't get another NBA Finals one up. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, this. We're going to talk about right before the All Star break. Um, you know how everybody's doing, how all the teams are uh, holding up. Not all of them, but the important ones and the ones that are sticking out right now. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the rookies, some of the highlights. Uh, you know, injured list, how that's going to affect some players, and uh, how just some players have been sticking out uh, over this year. So we're going to start off, obviously, uh, start off with the Yankees. Um, the Yankees right now are third in their division, uh, third in the AL East. They are, uh, you know, it's been a rough few weeks for them right now. Um, it's, uh, yeah. We uh, we just lost to the White Sox. We have another game as we're recording this right now uh, in like a few minutes. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get everybody's uh, opinion on what's going on with them right now. I mean, bringing Stanton back and Donaldson back, I thought was a great idea. Donaldson's been doing some great stuff for us, and uh, Stanton, you know, he's hanging in there. He's doing what he has to do. Uh, Judge uh, back down to the IL and. That's going to suck. Um, Cortez on the IL, Garrett Cole's day-to-day, and um, just been tough for this uh, last few weeks for the Yankees. Um, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, the Yankees, uh, kind of weird. I mean, we take two out of three out of the, out of uh, L.A., and a few days ago, and then first game back, homestand, uh we almost get no hit by the White Sox, by a pitcher who had a 6 ERA going to the game. Yeah, very inconsistent. Just, uh, you know, we we can't really uh, get the hang of uh, just, you know, getting the bat on ball when it matters. Uh, and especially against, you know, an AL Central team who is obviously under five hundred right now. Um, you know, that whole division is just a joke. Um, but... Yeah, the uh, the Yankees right now uh, again thirty six and twenty six uh, facing the White Sox who are twenty seven and thirty five uh, have a worse record than the than the uh, Tigers right now. That's tough. Um, but they're on a four game winning streak. Can't stop the hot streak. And uh, yeah, any thoughts? Um, well, listen, part of why the Yankees are bad is a lot of people want to highlight the injuries. You know, we haven't had Radon all year, and Stanton got injured early on in the year. We left off with Bader injury. And, but he's been back, and he's been producing. But one thing I like to, you know, really admit on the struggles is we're going to see, we're sort of seeing, like, the glimpses of what we saw in the postseason where this team's not hitting, and they're not being clutch. Last year we had, I think, the most walk-off wins ever in MLB history, yeah. and this year we just can't seem to be that clutch factor team, that team that gets the hit when they need it. And I think it's simply because the Yankees' batting average leader, home runs leader, RBI leader, and OBP leader is one guy, yeah. and it's Aaron Judge. This team has become so star-heavy and so star-dependent. I mean, even in the pitching side, our wins leader, our ERA leader, our strikeouts leader, 
they're all by Cole. Our saves, we have six saves, so we don't even have a predominant closer we can go to. I know we won more than six games. I know mm-hmm. more than six games were close. Yeah. And so when you have, you know, your offense is relying on one guy who is now injured, no one else has really been able to step up the role. And, I mean, who – what other player, right? Because Judge is a generational superstar. is a generational talent. Mm-hmm. What other player can step up and be a team's leading batting average leader, a leading team in – home runs, and in RBIs. I mean, Judge impacts this team so positively, and it helps them. Judge is the reason why the Yankees are going to be a playoff team. When he came back, we saw the effect immediately, how it came back. I mean, we beat the Dodgers. The team was looking good. Uh, but now that he's out, we're going we're gonna to have to start facing the consequences. And the consequences are we don't have the pitching to sustain games, and neither does the hitting. And with this team, a lot that I'm seeing is, one game, we're really good pitching-wise, and then we just can't get, like, we can't get the hits. And the next game, we're really good offensively, and the pitching is just worse in our offense that day. So it's just it's just inconsistency, and it comes from being so star-dependent and star-heavy. Like, Cole can't pitch five days a week. And That's... Judge does not hit nine times in the order. Mm-hmm. He at most hits three. And our hits leader is Rizzo, and I think right behind him, it has to be Judge or someone else. It's like, it's, yeah, it's him and then Torres and then Judge. So we're not even, it's like, we're like, again, we're so star heavy. Our main producers are on the top of the lineup. So it's easy to game plan against two guys rather than a lineup of seven or eight guys. There's no fear struck in that lineup. If you're not playing Rizzo or if you're not pitching against Judge or Rizzo, Glaber can hurt you occasionally. No one else is really a threat, which is the main problem because... That allows people to just walk them or pitch around those guys and then face guys like Willie Calhoun or IKF or Oswaldo Cabrera or Trevino and be like, yeah, I'll pitch to those guys with runners on base rather than having runners on base for Judge and Rizzo. And it's look, the effect is, is being seen. And the last point I want to mention up is the war. You know, stats don't speak... For everything, especially in the sport of baseball, there's more than just stats. However, when I look at the war, <coughs> and a lot of our starters are nearing zero, like even Torres, who's been, you know, you can say he's been a decent part and a decent factor of this team. His war is a 0.7, meaning so we're only seven tenths. Look, we're only seven tenths of a team worse when Torres is not on the lineup. Which is hardly no impact at all. It's barely any. Our guys, we can replace our guys, and there would be no effect at all. But you replace Judge, whose war is 2.3, which is still sort of low for superstars, but given the team right now. You know, you replace Judge, and you can see that impact. So that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, this team needs to, look, this team needs to find a way to build consistency, and everyone has to step into their own confidence. Um, and, you know... You have guys like Anthony Volpe, who I believe will still be really good. Even though he's not hitting yet, he's still a rookie. He's not going to hit 300 in rookie year. Yeah. But, you know, we, like, we just need guys to step up. Trevino was never a good hitter, but he was not hitting 210 last year. And I was hitting 213, and it, it's just stuff like that. It, it's really hurting the team. It's hurting the lineup at all. Yeah, so I wanted to touch on, uh, you know, guys who have been, you know, stepping up in superstar absence. Um you know, I wanted to touch on uh, Jake Bowers. 
who comes up from the you know from the uh, just the the you know the, the yeah the uh, the minor the minor leagues and uh, just has been raking for a bit now and you know when when Rizzo's out and we need a reliable first baseman Bowers is is there and that's good we need that um, you know other than that I mean I'm looking at the uh, you know downward spiral of the uh, you know the lineup and our hitters IKF in the past 11 games has been producing as he as much as he can IKF has what uh, 308 average in the last 10 games something like that uh, he's just been really good um, hopefully again you know all, all these players have little streaks when uh, you know guys go on the IL and you need you need just better players to step up. Um, Oswaldo Cabrera and Volpe are at the bottom here with a 199 average, 191. Uh, and Donaldson as well, but he just came back, so I give him some time. Um, but uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, bringing him back up, I think was... I, I think sending him down in the first place was a bad decision. He, he may have not been doing great, but he's one of those guys where if you give him time... Uh, he'll definitely improve. Like, for right now, we're in a safe place. Yes, we want to get to the top of our division, but the Rays are going to be hard to pass. So I would say that if we can get past the Orioles, I say keep up some of these guys and send down some of the guys that we don't need. Like, let's say Greg Allen, who is there for nothing. I mean, Greg Allen kind of produces when he has to but 214 average you know 313 313 on base percentage he's all right but just not not what we're looking for it's just you know uh anthony volpe is you know he's getting a little more into it but he has 71 strikeouts on this year already and that's kind of crazy it's the third most strikeouts in uh the al right now um, and you know that's tough, but it's all right. I mean, look, the Yankees are gonna bounce back as they always do, and every year. And look, if the Rays can, if the Rays can hold on to this, you know, division lead as much as they can, uh, and the Yankees get the second seed, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We make the wild card; it's really not that big a deal. Um, for the next team, I obviously have to go over the Mets now. Uh, the Mets are a team that is surprisingly not great this year. I mean, what they have they have a pretty pretty good record, I would say. I mean, what, they're second in their division. They're not, I I wouldn't say really I wouldn't say pretty good record actually. I mean, they're second in their division and they're not even close to the Braves. No, they're third. They're third. They're yeah, third. Yeah, the Marlins I'm pretty sure the Marlins are above them. Marlins. The Marlins so, are on a hot streak, but the Mets had a five game, a five game losing streak right now. Uh, As they always are. They're looking today. They're looking for Verlander to at least not get them to be swept by the Braves. Yeah. Definitely not good. You get swept at home by the Toronto Blue Jays. That's tough. Who uh, just quickly mention it right here? Uh, sent down their ace pitcher. Yeah. To the lowest uh, possible <laughs> for a single a. a in a different state to a different couple of different state in a different country. Now Florida's same country. Oh. Yeah. I'm an idiot. My bad. Um, Wait, actually, 
No, no, I think it is. Canada. Canada and U.S. Canada and U.S. Yeah, they, that's, yeah, never that's mind. Bad. <laughs> it's really bad. I'll tell Dwyer to cut that out. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, when, when your best hitter is Omar Narvaez on the Mets, it's just not looking great. When you look at it on paper, <laughs> Omar Narvaez is batting three thirteen, and that's almost very, 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 very much better than uh, Brandon Nimmo, two eighty four. See the issue, and then after after that is Jeff McNeil with two seventy seven. After that is under two fifty. Everybody, Pete Alonso is leading the NL in home runs, and he can't even hit over to uh, two two forty, and that's tough. That's not great. Lindor two sixteen. Again, these guys, I feel like they need to they need to wake up. They're the stars of of New York. You like Judge Alonso. Lindor are the three stars and they're, you know, Judge is the only one producing out of those guys. The only reason why Pete Alonso is being talked about is because he could hit 60 home runs this year, but he's not even batting over 240. And that's not a good look at all. Judge was batting three, uh, tw- 312 last year and he hit 62 home runs. You got to be consistent. Pete Alonso strikes out too much and he talks too much trash. Yeah, but, and, and Pete Alonso is also, he's on the day-to-day right now. Oh, yeah, he got getting, a wrist contusion. After getting hit uh, by by pitch during a check swing. Yeah. The issue with the Mets is that, like Tofa said, uh, they're not hitting. And it's like when they do hit, they're hitting home runs. But <laughs> you got to have the pitch in the back that up. Their pitchers are very inconsistent. Kodai Senga will come out and have, like, the most dominant performance he's ever had in his career. And then he'll come back and... Uh, Lose him a game against give him seven earned runs against against Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, oh yeah, right. All I have to say, uh, <laughs> Max Scherzer coming back. Uh, he has his all of his like his arsenal to get to get double digit Ks, but he cannot hold back from letting up a lot of blue pits. And I, I don't want to say the defense has been horrible, but the pitching definitely has not been great when they've had a rookie catcher back there this whole time. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing wrong against Francisco Alvarez, but the Mets are just a home. They're they're what the Yankees should be. They hit, they hit a lot of home runs, but they don't win games because the pitching does not hold up in time. Yeah, and it's like they're relying. Like I feel like what the Yankees should be doing is what the Mets are doing, and it's not producing an outcome, and that's what halting the Yankees. They're relying too much on um, uh, prospects in the farm system. Yeah. They brought up Beatty. They brought up Alvarez and Vientos. And Vientos. And they're hoping that these guys help them produce, which I, I feel like with Beatty is understandable. But Alvarez and Vientos are, are big, uh, the big risk right there that could possibly cost you a wild card run. I think Alvarez was necessary because, you know, I feel like, yeah, Omar Narvaez is their leading in average, but it's not a great look. Francisco Alvarez is, you want publicity. He's the probably the number one young guy you want because he's what the best prospect in the league right now he's or close to it i don't know if he is yeah the the best prospect in the league i think was ellie was ellie until ellie de la cruz was probably right until a few days ago yeah um but i just saw i i you know looking at the prospect list quick uh last year i remember francisco alvarez was all everybody talked about and how he was going to be just so great Oh, the next, uh, you know, uh, the next Yandier Molina. And just, I feel like he's going to end up 
uh, being just you know Gary Sanchez again. We'll go. We'll we'll get to Gary Sanchez soon enough. You know he's my guy. Um, but uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, I do want to say what this Mets team is. They are sort of facing the opposite side of reality, and the reality was that this team took a bunch of risks. Mets fan or not, you understood the risk that the Mets took. The first risk they took was Francisco Lindor, right? And at the time, it was a pretty good investment. You know, you had, um, you know, Lindor was arguably the best shortstop at the time, and there was no like no one else was really competing him other than like Correa at the time. Then the cheating scandal went out. Then you took the risk in getting an old Scherzer last year, and so look, this team took the risk this year of um, Justin Verlander, and you know coming out and not signing other guys and getting rid of Mark Kana and Chris Bassett, freeing up money, and it's it, it it's been a ton of investments made by the Mets, and usually investments there's two sides to investments. It, it either works out really well or it works out really poorly, and the Mets are just getting the really poorly side of it. Which is the side that I saw because I don't like the Mets. But at the same time, it's the side that I saw because of age. 40-year-old Verlander, 40-year-old Scherzer. Um, Lindor is not getting any younger by the second. Nimmo's aging. Marte, even though I love Starling Marte, I think he's like 33, 34. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. He's 34. So this team is not getting any younger. And the Mets have always had problems with health. Right, every year it's always injuries after injuries after injuries. So you have to take that into consideration too. Verlander has been out, you know, half the amount of time. So, you know, this team was yeah. Look, they had a hundred wins last year, but if we look at the last four or five months of them playing baseball, starting from September mm-hmm. to those three games in October to now the first two, the first two three months in the uh, in the regular season. We're starting to see the Mets team that we saw back in September, the team that cannot hit. And my problem was, you know, the team just does not produce enough extra base hits. They have 79 doubles as a team. It's been 60 games. You don't have over 100 doubles. Mm. That means you're not that like that means your average of doubles per game is below one. You have 79. Well, it's one point something. It's really low. You're not hitting doubles. You're damn near not hitting triples, which are nine. And your home runs are also below 100 at 73. And 22 of them has come from one guy. That means nine other guys have produced 50, oh no, 51. Or 50, yeah, 51. Yeah. So, realistically, this team, again, very star heavy, but their stars aren't as influential as the stars in the other team in New York, as the Yankees, and they aren't as good as them. And with Lindor, we saw that trend of him not being able to hit for average ever since he entered the Mets. And it's continued. Even though last year was a quote-unquote better year, he still hit was like 260, 250. And it wasn't that much of a better year, and we're going back to the 220 days for Lindor. So this is like this is just pathetic to see. And despite all of this, they're in third place because the Phillies are just playing that much worse than them. But if the Phillies can catch fire, we're looking at a last-place sort of team. It's just bad. It's a bad look. Yeah, uh... Just kind of like the Mets not figuring it out as always. I mean, you look at them last year when they blew the division to the, you know, the, to the Braves, and 
Then they lost in the wild card, just a team that looks hopeful and then on paper, and then they don't produce. They always lose it in the clutch moments. I wanted to uh, skip to the central, but unfortunately, we aren't going to go to an under 500 uh, division. So we're going to go to the NL central. Um, we're just going to skip the AL central because they're just a joke. It's just not worth talking about. Um, it's not much of a difference, though. Yeah, but, I mean, these teams that you see here aren't the teams that you're expecting. The Brewers are on top. Then the Pirates. It's, you know, and, and they're not too far off from each other. The Brewers are a team that are just, they're just old. They're an old team with guys you don't think should, that do produce anymore. Christian Yelich, who was MVP in... On uh, what? 17. 17. When, Cody, when Cody Bellinger was good. Yeah, so... <laughs> God knows how, how long that was. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so the the Brewers and, and, you know, the only reason why they're in this standing is because of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They have just been... The pitching on this team and Devin Williams, their closer, He's really good. just absolutely carrying the hell out of this team. I mean, they are just... Cruising through, not really cruising because since, you know, the Pirates are catching up to them. Uh, I would just say that, you know, the Brewers are, are there. They're first for for now. And, you know, you have the Pirates and then everyone else is not good. So it's it's just, you know, and then again, the Pirates, who I also wanted to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I like the Pirates. I think that... They're a playoff contending team. They've been competitive. They're not a great team on paper, but they produce more than the Mets. So <laughs> what, do, what do you want to say about that? I mean, and then, again, everybody else is just not good. The Reds, okay, they caught a hot streak because they brought up Ellie De La Cruz. That's the only reason why they're talked about. The, the Cubs are just bad. I mean, they just got, like, really, really good talent in free agency, and just don't know what don't know what's going on with that and the cardinals have just had an ultimate fall off yeah if you want to you want to know why the cardinals are bad please watch the last podcast uh yeah you could hear my 20 minute rant on why the cardinals are bad and then you know after i did that they delivered they got they went on a hot streak and they're still last and then they went back to what they were were before and i mean I don't even want to talk about the Pirates. They they hurt me. They hurt me. It's so tough. Hey, hey, you cannot talk about the Pirates without mentioning how two days ago they lost 11-2 to what, what team? The Oakland the Athletics. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. You lose two out of three to the Oakland Athletics and you're going to a series against the Mets, a team that's definitely way better. After sweeping the Cardinals, you go and lose two out of three to Oakland? The, the, the Pirates have potential, but... The know, Athletics have just been putting sh- up fights against teams they shouldn't be winning against. It's just like, you know, it's it's weird. This year has just been weird altogether uh, so far. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I mean, the Central... I mean, you don't even want to call it the Central. It's the mid. It's the, it's the mid. It's the mid of the MLB. Nobody cares about the Central teams, ever. Who the hell cares about Detroit? All right? I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about Detroit unless they're talking about how bad uh, Javi Baez is. Like, <laughs> Kansas City. 
Kansas the only, City, Kansas City thing, has young potential, but the, they're not they're not good right now. The not last good. thing I heard about Kansas City was that Salvador Perez was declared the captain of that team. That was the last thing I that heard. That is the last thing I've heard. And they're still last in their division. The Twins just suck. I don't know what to say about them. They're first in their division. They have a losing record. Um, Carlos Correa has, I guess, finally gotten out of his rut. He hit a, he hit a get, few home get, runs. Gotten out of his rut. He's he hit still a few bad. home runs. He's just bad. He's just bad. Um, and Byron Buxton, I have him on my fantasy team. He's just not good. He's just underperforming. He should be the best player on that team, and he's just underperforming. The only team I'm excited for is the Reds. They brought up Ellie. Number one prospect in baseball only two days ago. Mm-hmm. And now, what, second game? He had a ball 425. Yeah. Under 14 off the bat. 458. 458? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, it was 458. It, he crushed that ball. And he looks promising. He looks very promising. Both cruises in the central of the NL are looking promising. I mean, O'Neill Cruz, it was very unfortunate what happened to him. He would have boosted the Pirates team a whole lot more from what they are right now. Um, but, you know, every, um, we're going to move on to the West now. I didn't talk about the Central. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like when I look at the Central Division, uh, there's only one thing that really sticks out to me, and it isn't records or winning percentage. It's just... Um, to me, it's a run differential, and I like how the team with the best run differential, and yeah, I get it's only a plus one or a positive one, is in last place, which means to tell me that the best team in the division seems to be underperforming or there's something going on with them. And, uh, well, I think for the Cardinals, what sticks out is um, their pitching, as their offense has been really good, it's just, you know, and I said this last year, how... Playoff teams, they get exposed. And um, when you get exposed in the playoffs, it's pretty blatant and clear, right? And what I always said about the, the, the Cardinals was that the pitching was just not good enough. They didn't have an ace last year. I mean, the guy's hard game one was Jose Quintana. They still don't have an ace. Yeah, and their ace this year, I mean, listen, it's for, for the longest I've been hearing, it's Jack Flaherty. And, I mean, you don't even know these days anymore who the race is. Their leader in ERA is Mal Michaelis, who's god-awful. And he's and his ERA is a 3.74. I mean, we're seeing a team who last year, they had great production from pitching, especially guys like Jordan Montgomery, who this year is 2-7 and seven with, you know, with a 5-3 ERA. So, and like last year, we saw Montgomery get traded mid-year, and he was really good. This team, again... The Cardinals, historically, they find ways to win games. They have championships. So they have the history behind them. They're just not winning those games now, and if they don't pick it up soon, we're going to see, yeah, I guess this, the race is going to continue between Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, it just, I just don't see, because M- M- Milwaukee's problem ha- has been offense since 2018. 100%. And even now, like, they're just not hitting. Their leader in average is... Guys hitting 250, or if you want to be technical about it, technically Owen Miller, but he only had 150 at bats. And but but behind Owen Miller, it's a Yelich who's hitting 257, so close to 260. I just don't see how this team's in first place. Yeah, they've always had the pitching though. They've always had Woodruff. They've always had well, not always had Burns, but they've had Burns. They've had Woodruff. They had, like like they even had years where they had Hater and Williams. Yeah, they were and now they don't even have Hater, but they have this Peter Skriansky guy who's pretty good he's filling in pretty well and so yeah adrian hauser as well it's like this team has always been based on pitching it's just always been an offense type of thing and 
I guess things are just clicking for them this year. The luck is their way. Um, can't be mad for them. Yeah, so um, we actually have a guest joining us. Uh, Sean O'Hare is here now. So um, guys? Yeah. You, so, you missed us oh, talking is, very bad about your team. Yeah, we were um, talking We were uh, talking Mets. We were talking I'm glad I missed that. Um, so, yeah, we're on the NL Central. Uh, we're probably going to move to the West now because, you know, that's we talked about the East. Uh, I mean, the other East teams, we, we know, and we know I they're mean, good. So I mean, I think we should talk about uh, the guy chasing 400 right now. Uh, he is 400. Or, you know, he's chasing, he's chasing 400 for the season. Uh, Luis, Luis Arias. Luis Arias. We, we were going to talk about him. Uh, you know, the Marlins, he's batting 403 right now. He's a player that sticks out. Uh, he, there hasn't been a guy who's hit 400 in the season probably. Since Mickey Mantle, I think um, it, I think it was Ted Williams. Ted Williams Ted or Williams. Mickey Mantle? It's uh, Ted Williams. My bad, not not Mickey. Um, but he's just he's a productive hitter. He's somebody that everybody thought Jeff McNeil was going to be, and uh, you know, Arias is just he's right for right now. I don't want to say anything, but for right now, he's him. He's doing what he has to do. He gets his hits. He's a consistent hitter. He's the first player in Marlins history to hit for the cycle. He hit five for five the other night. He's just, he's insane. He's insane right now. Definitely, I feel, has to make the all-star team. I mean, if we want to talk all-star, we can talk all-star. We'll get get to that. We'll get to that soon. Um, But yeah, Arias has been just great. He's been basically carrying the Marlins because their pitching hasn't been doing anything. No, pitching has been all right. So so far, Alcantara has been pitching god-awful. Yes, but... Uh, you know, another player, uh, Yuri Perez on the Marlins, uh, just brought him up. Great prospect, and he's doing all right. He was helping on my fantasy team yeah. a lot. <laughs> I don't want to say Luis Arise. I don't want to be a bad omen or anything. Mm-hmm. First of all, we can't say that he's carrying the team. Because I'd like to get Jorge Soler. Oh my! Jorge Soler is carrying the team as well, but he Luis Arise is, is giving him amazing the right score. There. So it doesn't really matter. However, you know, I do want to say. I just, listen, I'm not going to discredit what Arise is doing, but I don't see him hitting 400, right? Mm-hmm. 400 are for generational talent and generational hitters. Hitters you'll never see. Hitters that hit 400, they don't come and go easily, nor the ones that hit 300. So what I do want to say is, you know, it's still early in the season. He's only had 216 at-bats, usually in the year with 600. Mm-hmm. So at the rate he's going at now, yes, technically he's going to hit 400. But at the rate that uh, the Yankees were going to go last year, they were going to win 170 games. And they won under 100. So let's keep it real. It's a long season. What he's doing in the first half is good. But again, once that all-star uh, break hits and scouting reports change from teams because they have a week to change scouting reports on who they want to focus on stopping, Arias will, I guess, now be on the top list. You know, because... Everyone's weaknesses get exposed in the major leagues, especially hitters. And once you know they have a week full to change their game plans and scouting reports on teams, he will like. I guess you will see his 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 um his average plummet. I I mean I hope he hits four hundred. I want to be part of history. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, um, I wouldn't be so surprised. You know? he, yeah. He's he's not gonna. Decline. He you you could watch the highlights. He, he doesn't get on base because he's hitting balls like down the middle or very easy balls to hit. If you you watch, he hits balls way out of the strike zone. He hit yeah. balls 
low hook balls, high hook balls, hook balls, super in, hook balls, super out. He's he's not just hitting like good pitches. He's hitting pitches that you're not expecting him to hit and turn into singles, turn into doubles. This is a guy for right now you can't pitch around. Because if you pitch around him, you might give up you can a, a better You hit. can give up an RBI for pitching around him. There's no way around him for right now. And yes, this all-star break, the scouting support, uh, you know, the scouting reports could expose him. It could not. Uh, but I see him hitting a very high average at the end of the year anyway. I don't see him hitting maybe, maybe not 400, even though it's likely, but he... The more likely and realistic part about it is he'll probably hit like 350 for the year. And he's he's that great of a hitter. Again, you can't pitch around him. He's a guy pitchers haven't learned yet and just haven't learned to pitch or just haven't learned how to how to get around him. And that's again what the scouting reports are for. So um that's really, you know, Big for uh, Luis Arias, Jorge Soler, been great for the Marlins as well. He uh, should make the All-Star team. You know, he is the uh, he is the uh, Atlanta Braves World Series MVP, if we don't forget about that. Got that he plummeted. DNA. And I thought, you know, I thought after that year, he was done. He was, and I was wrong. I was proven wrong. I, I love Jorge Soler, especially from Kansas City where he had 40 home runs. Yeah. Just oh saying. no, Tofa knows. I'm I'm the biggest Jorge Soler guy. Yeah. I'm the biggest Arias guy. Yeah. But I mean, Jorge Soler. I I I believe he's been hitting top of the lineup. I, I don't know if he's been in cleanup because Marlins lineup is a little nuts after injury. But yeah. I know Arias has been getting consistent at bats and lead off. Pitching has been all right. They have had some slip offs and Sandy's been letting up a lot of runs. He's been going deep, but letting up a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean. Jazz came in here, got injured, so that's that's already a big Jazz cut. is a setback, but yeah, he'll be back. I mean, soon. him being there was a setback already. He just again He sucked. He sucked when he was playing. He sucked at bat wise, but his defense was very... His defense was much better than the beginning of the season. Which I, you know I just you know I didn't think he was gonna be a great defender at center field. And surprisingly, he proved me wrong. His offense is still a problem. He cannot hit lefties. Cannot. He's a righty guy. He's a he's a lefty himself. And yes, lefties always have a problem against uh, against lefties. But you know, lefty hitter, and he just hasn't been consistent against lefties. Uh, you put a righty pitcher there. He throws a meatball down the middle. He's obviously going to hit one to the moon. Uh, but that's just you know. Uh, you know, that's Jazz. He'll come back. Turf toe. He's been out for a few weeks. Uh, he'll be back soon. Look, the Marlins, I mean, they're obviously doing successful things right now without Jazz. Um, you know, I think with them being in a, a second place in the NL East, I mean, I think we have to wonder if, what do they do when Jazz comes back? I mean, they're obviously winning games. They've won six straight. I mean, they're doing good stuff without Jazz Chisholm. So it's a bit of a debate where do you want Jazz hitting leadoff? Do you, like, I don't know. I mean, you have to think about how he's going to affect this Marlins team. I mean, look, you have players like Jorge Soler, Brian De La Cruz, Garrett Cooper, Jesus Sanchez. These, all these young stars 
are doing extremely well right now. Yeah. And I mean, look, this Marlins team is pretty much an underrated team right now. I mean, people thought that the Marlins were going to lose 100 games. They're Like who? <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people were uh, thinking that the Marlins were going to be bad. Me included. Yeah. I'll, at the I'll beginning, that. Of, at the beginning yeah, of this... I, I didn't think the Marlins were going to be this good. At the beginning of this season, I don't think anybody, anybody even had the thought of the Marlins being second in the NL East by this point. No. No way. <laughs> no way. You're lying. I know you're lying. No, I mean, I, I had... Um, uh, but, but that's because I, I, I like the Marlins. third, but I didn't have them above... I mean, yeah, above like, Atlanta or Philly. I didn't have them. Or the Mets. Them. I would even no, say... No, I had them above the Mets. And yeah, I mean... The Marlins are definitely up here. I mean, I, I just looked up the statistically wise, the luckiest teams in baseball. <laughs> Marlins, Marlins are the fourth. <laughs> Leading off is the Rays. But the Rays are not the luckiest team. They're very skillful in their own way. Um, but yeah, I would say, in my opinion, in my opinion, put Jazz back in the infield. Okay, you have. Jonathan Jonathan Davis, who's batting two seventy five and has a great and is a great defender in center field, who has been producing. You put him in center. You keep him in center and bring Jazz back. Put him at short. His defense improves. Maybe that just improves his mind. Just put him there. Put him in the infield. See what happens. You know, Jazz played second, and Jazz was going to play short, but then they had no center fielder. Now they do, and now they can put him in the infield. Luis Arias could play second, and uh, 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 third base, third base. Garrett Cooper. Um, no, no, no. Segura. Uh, Segura. I don't no, know if they're starting. Are they starting? Horrible. Segura. Let me check. Are they starting Segura? Last time I checked, they have been one ninety. They, they've been Ooh. letting him go sometimes, but Ooh, that's not good. Segura I mean, has not been super good. He's been out for. He has, however, been out for injury a decent amount. Segura is starting today. He is starting mm-hmm. today, or I believe he is. Did he start yesterday? He he's been he's been on and off. I know he was out for injury a little bit. He's uh, not doing great. That's all. He's not been doing great. Again, you have guys like Jonathan Davis and and uh, Garrett Hampson in the outfield or center field specifically. Put Jazz at the hot corner or short and keep Arias at second. It's a great idea. The thing is, I feel like the and Marlins, put, they, they want to keep Jazz's center field defense because even though Hampson is outstanding bat-wise and center field-wise, Jazz is an outstanding center fielder, even for playing it new. He is the star of that team. He's, he's the star he of that team. He's the face of that he's franchise. He's the face of that he, franchise. Ever since, like, what? Like, since he was shown on the show and stuff, he's, yeah. been, he's been the face of Marlins for, like, that long. The most undeserving cover athlete. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, um, I I feel like it's it, it definitely is. The, you, the no worst. one even knew who the guy was before the game. I mean, let's be real. And you want to put him on a but cover. But they athlete. only chose him because he's been playing the show before. So but, it's like every other MLB player. Listen, Peter Alonso plays the show. He should have been the. I'm saying is Vlad um, Guerrero wouldn't be bad. Yeah, me neither. I, I, whatever. Wait, let's, I mean, let's get back Black to Guerrero, we're, we're, Jr. Let's, get, let's get back to what we're talking oh, about. Third most popular. Let's get back to what we're talking about. Let's not. Let's not. Let, let's not talk about. Okay. Okay. The show, so, so, I want to go to the West now, uh, since you know we waste a lot of time on the Marlins. Um, I would say uh, again, Texas being above Houston right now is just kind of like insane. Nathan Uvalde has been the like absolute superstar for that. Like it's just insane how Nathan Uvaldi, who was the third third 
number three guy in the rotation uh, last season for the Red Sox is now the number one rotation guy for the Rangers. And he has just been fantastic. Lights out. Um, you know, and their money is finally paying off. You know, Marcus Semien is the best second baseman in the league right now. Well, other than Arias, I forgot about him. But in the AL, in the least, AL, he's in the, the AL, baseman. at least he's the best second baseman. He's just been he's on a twenty-five game hitting streak, Semien, um, which is which people argue is even more impressive than hitting over four hundred. So, you know, Semien's been producing. And um, Seager has been producing. Seager has been there, finally, uh, doing something productive. I mean, just, that's good, though. And Mitch Garver, I forgot to talk about him. Mitch Garver, uh, you know, went from nobody, and now he's one of the best catchers in the league, hitting-wise. It's was, just, you know. He was really good for um, Minnesota that one year, yeah. and then... They traded for Soto. He didn't get enough time, and then he got traded mid-year last year. I do want to say about this Texas team is I would expect them to be a little bit worse. DeGrom did get injured, so we got to no, that. No, no way. DeGrom's been out for the, for almost. He's been I mean, out. For he's been out for pretty much the whole season, season, and they've been performing. And let's keep it real. If we look at Nathan Eovaldi's track record, he has a track record of showing up for one to two months and then being one of the worst pitchers in baseball. He's shown up for. However many months a season, one, two months. One. And in the Boston Red Sox playoff run, he had the one month of October, and when November hit, he had two starts, and he was terrible hmm. in the World Series run. Let's not forget that. And you said he was number three guy last year. I like to argue he was number one guy for Boston last year. For Sale. He was really good. Sale was injured last year. Hmm. So he, but again, he had a really good first two to three months when you saw Boston in second and third place. And then what happened with Uvaldi? As Evaldi went down, the team went down. That's what I like to say is, listen, I, I, especially with the Yankees, too. Remember the first year he came in, he had a great August of September. And October comes, we make the playoffs, and he's third because he, he can't throw a strike and stuff like that. Evaldi is nasty. I will say that it's why they call him, you know, nasty Evaldi in time, or nasty Nate at the time of the Red Sox run. I don't even think it was a World Series run either. I think it was against when he was playing Tampa. Mm. And they won 3-2 until they played Houston and they lost. So, yeah, this Nathan Eovaldi stuff, he's consistently good but also consistently bad. And the Rangers, again, their investments have paid off. But Semyon, that's what Semyon's been doing. Yeah, he's been on a tear lately. And Corey Seager, he had 30-something home runs last year and was really decent. Uh, for hitting 336 right now, just absolute, uh, like, just he's on a tear. Just the whole team, offense wise, is just producing ridiculously. There's there's 10 guys hitting over 270 right now. That's insane for a team. You got to give them credit. But. And seven guys hitting over 290. Again, just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this Rangers team has been something else. I mean, who expected them to be above the Astros right now? I mean, look, those two teams are going to go head-to-head for the rest of the season. I mean, do we expect the Astros to come take the lead in the division? The Astros, they just won the World Series. But, I mean, look, I mean, they lost Verlander from last year. I mean, he had a Cy Young year last year coming back from Tommy John's surgery. But now we have to see what, um, you know, the Astros and the Rangers, like, I mean, 
it's, these two teams are talented. I mean, you have Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Nathaniel Lau, Robbie Grossman, who they got from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, they Josh have, Young. Josh Young, who's been um, who's been an amazing rookie. Um, Jonah Heim. Jonah. I mean, look, this team is just talented. I mean, Nate Lowe, just a bunch of guys that have just been really producing. Adolis Garcia is just and a they're monster. Pitching too. Uh, John Gray just threw a complete game a couple mm-hmm. days ago. I mean, there's another one where I remember in Colorado. It was so yeah, amazing. I mean, that's Colorado, though. For two months, and then he just Look at you. fell off. Yeah, but it's... Because I remember all of these things when I was younger. I, I mean, it's the Rockies John. Park. I mean, everyone's hitting <laughs> everyone's hitting home runs in that park. I will say, them being a... I guess it's a pitcher's park, I guess you can say. Texas, the new stadium. Yeah. The only thing that I want to talk about uh, with the Rangers right now is that... Is, uh, you know, the rest of their pitching. They have John Gray and they have uh, they have John Gray and Nathan Uvalde, but then everybody else. Brock Burke, not great. Andrew Heaney, terrible. You heard him. He tied the record for, for most consecutive strikeouts, and then you never hear him from him again. Uh, Martin Perez, He's the guy complete who's disappointment. Disappointment for this season right now. He was an all-star last year, and Martin Perez is just—he's just not good. This the 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 offense for them right now mostly is carrying them. Everybody else is just not good. Jose Leclerc, 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 Leclerc. I, I can't speak. Uh, but Jose Leclerc, again, he's he's all right. I mean, he's just again. Here's, here's just what I want to you know say about this team and. Really, for the Texas Rangers, I would like to, uh, at least me, I'd like to focus on you know, the Houston Astros. The, the, the team I predict is going to win this division. Number one, for that, for that same reason, the Rangers pitching is not good. Their relief pitching is not good. They're relying on an old Will Smith to be their closer. We saw that worked out for Atlanta a couple years ago. They got wiped right off the playoffs because of it. Um, when you look at the Astros, listen. They did lose Cy Young, Justin Verlander, but did they really lose that investment, or did they win? I really think because sorry to cut you off, but um, Framber Valdez was just such a great investment for their this, first yeah this rotation Houston spot. team this Houston team they know what they're doing. Framber Valdez almost broke a record last year for I guess it was consecutive quality starts if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Christian Javier is also good. Now we're seeing rookies like Hunter Brown. Step up and Perkiti um, has been injured, but you know, still have Luis Garcia. But you know, they kept the core pitching in in Presley, Montero, and Brian Abreu. And then they added Hector Neris last year, who's been really good. Ryan Stanek, who is an underrated arm. If you haven't, you know, if you don't know much about Ryan Stanek. And the one thing I like to say about the Astros is every year a player steps up. Last year, it really was a rookie, Jeremy Pena. And he won World Series MVP, and that I will never discredit that from any from anyone right now. And but this year, you know, even with Pena not having the best year, Mauricio Dubon has still been that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dubon's been hitting over three hundred, and I mean, let's not front. They're in second place, and they had Altuve out for eight to ten weeks, eight to twelve weeks. So now that this team is going to be back in full store, and they're in second place with an underperforming Jose Abreu. A guy who's been an 
a former American League MVP, a guy who's been a consistent 300 hitter across the league. Yeah. And this is unlikely of them. And the reason why I have them winning the division and overall winning the AL pennant race again and representing the AL is because of one guy, Jordan Alvarez. In the American League, it's overlooked. It's overlooked because you hear of names of Judge, Trout, and Otani. But Jordan Alvarez, every year, flies under the radar. And what I'm saying is, a lot of you guys like to look at average, and he's not hitting good. First of all, he's hitting 274. He's about 275. 274. Right, yeah. 274. I mean, that's still and he has that's 17 still home runs and 55 RBIs. Right? For that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and for this Astros team that is so stacked, you know, you still have Bregman, you still have Payne, you have Dubon, and you have guys like Kyle Tucker, now Altuve's back, Abreu's an RBI guy, and he sells 55 RBIs. The, and, and Chad Lake McCormick, is the team. And McCormick is not a bad piece either. Mm-hmm. This team has solid pieces, guys who are dangerous in lineups, who can hit you, bro. Bro, like, it's like this team, everyone's a bomb threat. Altuve can hit a home run. Tucker, we all, and look, their power surges hasn't even came out yet. Tucker only has eight home runs. Bregman has eight. Once this team catches fire, like, they're, like, look, like, once this team finds our identity with Jose Abreu, and we're seeing the pitchers, remember, because the beginning of the year, Framber Valdez wasn't that great. And now he's starting to immerse back into who Framber Valdez really and truly was. Once we start to see this team, and once we start to see Jordan Alvarez really take full stride, like always, this team will be back in first place as we know it. And come August, September, we're going to be talking about if they can repeat as champions. Because this is who the Astros are, and this is who they've been. You know, this, like, this is a dynasty, believe it or not. And, you know, you can blame trash cans for them winning and all that stuff. But in reality, truth has to be told. This Astros team is good. Jordan, ever since the league as a rookie in 2019, he had 313, and then 277, and then 306. So this guy, you know, he's a known hitter. He's a generational hitter. I love Jordan Alvarez. He's a pure talent. He's like the Astros go as far as Jordan takes them. That's all I'm gonna say. Houston Astros, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the league on paper. Um, and we, you know, they they have just been. Again, they're heating up, they're getting better, and, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, they have one hole on the team. The entire team, they have one hole, and that is catcher. Martin Maldonado, in my opinion, is just not your guy. He's a good catcher, but he's not a good hitter. Not a good hitter at all. 199. He's just, he's not a guy you would want a catcher. Uh, yes, okay. At the position catcher, yes. And yes, that's what you need him for, but he's not a productive hitter. And this whole lineup is just all productive. Everything about it. Jake Myers is even hitting pretty decent. And I didn't even know who he was until this season. So, you know, the Astros have been pretty complete. Uh, you know, catcher is the only thing they would need to literally run the league. For the rest of I the think. next ten years. Nah, I mean I think I like Maldonado. He's you see he like his age does concern people, but that's what makes Maldonado the piece for the Astros is the fact that he's old. And on top of that, he's Hispanic, so he has that connection with Garcia, with Valdez, with um, with um, Javier, and on top of that, guys like Abreu and Montero and Neris, where he's able to you know connect. 
with his pitchers, not only on a uh, on a game level, but in the locker room as well. And we see that effect. And again, with the Astros having eight other guys who are threats, <laughs> they can risk not having one. But Maldonado, again, he's a veteran. He's old. He knows exactly what it takes to win. I'm not sure if he won a World Series last year. I don't even know if he was the catcher last year. He probably was. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, this Astros team, Maldonado, he's a great fielding catcher. He's one of the great, uh, um, um, has one of the best arms in the league. He's not a whole. Maybe offensively, because you, you, know, you look at the numbers, but they, look, they can risk having a guy who doesn't hit. Especially at catcher. I mean, they, yeah, they don't exactly. need anyone they don't else. Really need <laughs> they don't need a Jonah Heim or an Adley Rutschman. Mm-mm. They need somebody with experience who can call games, and that's why Verlander was a pitcher he was last year. And that's why when you go to the Mets and he has his catchers, Alvarez or God knows who, he's not productive because they don't know how to call games and, and their game sense isn't as high. You know, the Astros are one of the best fielding teams in the league. Yeah. And it's not because of guys like Jeremy Pena. I mean, yes, it is, but at the same time, it's their catcher. You know, everything starts with the leader, the center fielder, and their catcher. They've been both really solid. And it's going to take you far in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, the last team that we're probably going to cover um, before we jump into all star stuff uh, quickly, uh, I'm just going to go over the Arizona, car, uh, Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. Sorry. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, just, I mean, what a surprise, really. This far into the uh, the season, and the Diamondbacks are first in the West. Probably one of the most competitive divisions in the league with the Padres and the Dodgers. Uh, other than that, everybody else kind of stinks. But now you got the Diamondbacks competing, and they're first right now, beating the Dodgers by one game. Uh, yes, Andrew, prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's so, looking at so, me. He's looking so at me tall- funny. Tofa knows. Uh, at beginning of the season, they called up Corbin Carroll. They already had some good pitching. They, they just needed, they just needed some spark, and it seems like the rookies brought that spark. Beating the Dodgers, they they were tied with the Dodgers for a decent amount of time, but then once the Yankees beat beat the Dodgers in that series, uh, the the Diamondbacks did in fact go up. They're looking good, man. Uh, Corbin Carroll is looking to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year. Um, it looks like the race is probably going to be between him and Eli De La Cruz. But, I mean, he's, his defense has been outstanding. Their pitch has been great. Zach Gallen, most likely going to win the National League Cy Young this yeah, year. Yeah, Zach Gallen uh, has been a monster. There's just so many key factors to this Diamondbacks lineup that are just providing support. I mean, their schedule hasn't been easy in any way. Mm-mm. They've been playing some pretty hard teams, and the fact that they're still coming up on top yeah. is very is very good. I, I do feel like they do need a better... A better rotation. It's not that their pitching is bad because I know people were saying that the Diamondbacks rotation is only Gallon and no one else. But their pitchers can show up. I feel like they do need they need a they need a better uh, a better uh, rotation though because it's not like they're bad, but they're just we could get better people with the market that we got right now with a bunch of people bunch of teams looking to just get rid of bad pitchers. You have guys like. Merrill Kelly and Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply was an all-star last year. Not forget. Um, but Zach Allen is that guy right now. Andrew Chafin is even up there. Uh, hasn't been doing that bad this season. Um, but, again, uh, you know, Zach Gallen is 
probably going to win NL Cy Young. He's just he's he's probably the best pitcher in the league right now. If, if I'm you know, I just don't think anyone else can really compete with him. You know, pitching it's just it's crazy. Um, but any the other guys that I wanted to mention, Emmanuel Rivera, three sixty two. Uh, average is just insane yeah, from funny. a guy again guy right I mentioned at the beginning of basically the last podcast I mentioned that the World Baseball Classic brings out things in some of these players Emmanuel Rivera played for the Dominican Republic Puerto Rico Puerto Rico he played he played for Puerto Rico Puerto Rico he wasn't any he wasn't like he, he was, wasn't special. He was special he wasn't special because he was overlooked by everybody else and he didn't really do anything he was in the my baseball best classic. Uh, no I, I will say he did almost win Puerto Rico uh quarterfinals oh yeah the quarterfinals. it was that was just Randy Rosarena being Randy Rosarena yeah. sealing away his home run mm-hmm. if that did not happen Emmanuel Rivera. Emmanuel Rivera would have probably been our highlight for the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, and uh, he is—he uh, is my best friend's cousin. He does go to this school. That is one thing to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Emmanuel Rivera. Again, sorry for my mistake. I again, I was another guy who overlooked Emmanuel Rivera, but he is—he is doing great for them. Uh, another guy I wanted to really, really close in on, Quetzal Marte, had a very, very big off year last year. He was injured. And, yes, he was injured, but still, you know, for Cattell Marte, who is classified as one of the best second basemen in the league, is just he, he fell off and he's back up. He's right back up, and now the Diamondbacks are coming back, and with their momentum, he's coming back. So that's great. Uh, you know, and Gabriel Ma- uh, Moreno, Moreno uh, Christian Walker, just the guys that they need to step up are stepping up. I mean, listen, I love this this Diamondbacks team, and I like the surge that they had, you know, uh, especially Cattell Marte. I love, look, I love seeing Cattell Marte being uh, effective again because I'm a huge fan of Cattell Marte, me being from DR, and, 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 you know, the year he had uh, prior to, you know, last year. And Corbin Carroll has always been on my radar because he was fast, and I always thought he had potential. But even still, you know, he's been on lately of a power surge. Has 11 home runs. Um, it's not bad. And I do like the Diamondbacks and my guy from UNC, Zach Gallen, uh, the greatest college to ever exist. But no one, look, I won't get into that because that's a whole different segment on its own. But he was really, you know, he's really effective in UNC, Zach Gallen. And now we're starting to see he's going to win a Cy Young. Now, if you ask me, I think that at the end of the year, he probably won't win the Cy Young because of popularity. I think Spencer Strider, if he keeps up at the rate and oh, he has yeah. a couple good starts, especially with the Braves being in first place, which I believe the Diamonds won't be in first place come into the year because the Dodgers are just that much better. And um, they don't even have Julio Arias last year. He was arguably their best pitcher last year. Kershaw came back. Kershaw came back and pitched seven scoreless. And, yeah, so, listen, I like what this, um, what this Diamondbacks team is doing, but... I do believe the Dodgers will be a first-place team come end of the year and come All-Star break. Because, um, you know, it's just the Dodgers. They always find ways to win games. Now, they may not find ways to win championships and playoff games, but come regular season, they've been one of the most consistent in the past decade. They have I mean, been very consistent. I'm oh, sorry to cut you off. But, I mean, there was that one year where, like, they got beat by the Giants. So it's like anything can happen. The Dodgers are always going to win games. But 
I know Tofa, Tofa doubted me. Don't sleep on the D-backs. They, they're looking for a resurgence. I, I personally would like to see D-backs, Marlins going off against in a wild card run. That would be a very interesting thing to watch. But D-backs can make it. The Dodgers, they're going to win games. They just beat, I'm pretty sure they beat the Reds today. Um, Seven scoreless by Kershaw. Yeah, Look, they got they, Kershaw back. Arias will come back a little bit after the All-Star break. This team will only get better, uh, especially guys like Max Muncie producing, and they got rid of Bellinger. Last year, it was god-awful for them. Smith is hitting 305. Um, I mean, this Dodgers team, you know, they they probably will be at the top. And a team I like to highlight, too, is the Padres. But they're only uh, four games behind 500 and, you know, eight games behind the division. But, yeah, so if they're eight games behind the division, that means they're only eight games behind Arizona. And I can see them being eight games better than Arizona, especially with their run differential being plus 16 and Arizona's being plus 28, which means... The Padres, although they are underperforming, they aren't. Uh, look, look, like what shows me that Diamondbacks are like they're only twelve runs better than a um, than an underperforming Padres team, which quite frankly scares me because this team had Tatis in the middle of the year come back. Machado has not been the player he was, and their pitching has just not produced. Uh, Especially you, Darvish, and, and Snell, and all those boys. So, this team finds a resurgence and they find a way to get hot. You know, because, I mean, this team almost made the World Series last year. So, but you know who has been producing, right? My boy, El Gary. El Gary. Okay? It's El Gary season. He's doubted, coming back. I doubted Tofa. I doubted Tofa. I'll admit it. I said Gary wasn't going to be that good. Tofa was on the Gary train. This is what I hear, all right? I hear people doubt me, and I prove them wrong, okay? Gary Sanchez is back, and Gary Sanchez has improved again. And after team after team after team not giving him a chance, the Padres, who had a big hole at catcher, not really. Austin Nola was a great catcher, but Gary Sanchez, they... Mm, they really didn't need the bat either. They have enough bats in their lineup, but Gary just adds that extra oomph to that team. Uh, and he's there, and he's doing amazing. And, you know, Gary Sanchez is back. He is back officially. And if, if the Padres really do give him a chance, I think he can, he can really just rake. I mean, they could just put him at DH. You have guys like Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, and Gary. All could play DH for you. Back-to-back-to-back games. They're all old. They need breaks. Put them back-to-back games. I will say, though, I think they will have him as a catcher. Because, like, even though his catching skills are not the best, no. they they need a catcher. They need... And even though Gary Sanchez is way past his prime, and his prime wasn't really like good, honestly, by the dish, but their catchers are not good. Um, they let up a lot of steals. They're not... Like, I mean... In the Yankees Padres series, it was it was it was pretty obvious, man. The catcher was not not doing the best right there, and it could. El Gary, El Gary, the Kraken, the, the Kraken. He could. He's back. He's back. I'm just saying. If his um, bat lights up, the glove might light up too. Just saying. And maybe, maybe, maybe. Any thoughts on Gary back? Um, well, he played for Dr. Uh, you should have a soft spot for him. Yeah. No. 
He was, he was really bad with the Yankees. Um, although I don't even feel like he's the best catcher. I don't feel like he's the best catcher for that team. Uh, maybe he will be. I personally like Jorge Alfaro for that team. For the Padres? Over Gary? Bro, his arm is insane. You're well, not yeah, but able Gary's to bat is insane. Gary. Uh, I mean, yeah, but when you have Soto, Tatis, when you have and Machado, Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, and Machado, you can't, like, do you really need Gary? You it's the really Houston Astros bat. effect, and Cronenworth isn't bad either. Neither is Grisham. Grisham's a home run threat, even though he doesn't hit. Um, you know what Gary's doing is good, and we'll see if he keeps it up. He is hitting over three hundred, which I don't think will continue. And no, of course, Gary not. is the player that does Gary Sanchez strike out a lot too. So. So is Aaron Judge, I'm just saying. But I mean, but Judge hits 300 when he strikes. I know, I know. I was just kidding. But, yeah. Sanchez, I guess it's good to see. I mean, it's not in a Yankees uniform, and they is Dominicans. Number 99, Gary Sanchez. Yeah, but, um, again, I I, I do believe that long-term, and and defensively speaking, Alfaro is the guy for the Padres. Yeah. But if they do start, and look, and if they're getting results with, um, Gary, I mean, stick to it until it doesn't work anymore. And again, I don't mind Austin Nola. He's a better fielder overall, a better blocker than Alfaro. But um, Alfaro's arm plus the fielding, it's just, it's just, yeah. And he has home runs eventually too. But I like what Sanchez has been doing. He's been going on a tear. I would expect Soto. He's having, he, uh, he had a great month. Yeah, he went for five, five for five recently as well. Uh, Tatis coming back is huge for that team. And Tatis, once he catches fire, Machado catches fire, this team will be in full swing and in full motion. And, uh, yeah, even guys, I mean, I mean, mean, some of their investments have not been paid off either. Guys like Hassan Kim and Matt Carpenter. uh, My guy, Yankees legend. Yeah, um, not good at all, but, uh, Look at this first baseman spot, Alfonso Rivas. So really filling in for uh, Hosmer too, and I guess Cronenworth. A lot of these guys, they will start to get hot soon. And uh, when we see that team get hot, the sky's a limit for this team. Because again, they would make the World Series without even playing a full year together. So the potential for this team is there. They just got to find a way to maintain it. Yeah. Um. Now I wanted to move on. Uh, just some all-star thoughts. Um, you know, we don't have to go over the obvious, but there are some debating to do with some of the all-stars. I mean, guys like Bo Bichette at short, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of just... Bo Bichette, uh, you know, the ballot is still going on. You could still vote, uh, on the website, but there's just still, um... There's still a lot of things to be talked about when it comes to All-Stars. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I wanted to know, like, do you think guys who hit low average and high home runs should make the All-Star game? Uh, Guys like Alonzo and Max Muncy. uh, I mean, just depending who the names and who the guys are, uh, especially, you know, one of the guys I like to advocate for is Rafael Devers. His average, I don't think he'll ever hit 300, ever. And I don't think he'll even near 270 this year. But for, for other people to tell me that he's not the best third baseman in the American League is crazy. Uh, it ridiculously is crazy to me. He by far stands out in the American League as third base talent than anyone else in the league. There is not a guy who 
who who's even remotely close on the offensive level. Um, you know, starting third basements consist of guys like Josh Donaldson, whoever the Yankees start, and Matt Chapman, Chapman. and whoever the third baseman is in the Orioles. I mean, Jose Ramirez is also having a down year. But down other than year. those two in the American League, uh, no other third baseman. Matt really Chapman, Jose out. Ramirez, and Rafael Devers are the three guys that you're looking Rafael at. Rafael Devers will be the starter because he is the face of a big market team. The he's the face of a big market team that is losing. And and he's losing because their pitching is who? I mean, Corey Kluber. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's 41 years old. Um <laughs> I mean, and they were really good when they had Duvall. Him going down also hurt. They lost J.D. Martinez. Justin Turner is 40 years old. A mess. I mean, Boston's only losing, but it's not because of Devers. And Devers is the main attraction and the main focus on that team. Devers is a generational talent, and he deserves to be all-star starter. He would be league leader in RBIs if it wasn't for Alonzo having to carry his team. Um, I mean, the guy's just quite frankly insane. And he does strike out a lot. But again, I like to focus. Teams focus on him. You know, they pitch around him. He doesn't get the the easiest balls to hit, or you know, he doesn't get many great balls to hit. And for him to still have fifty RBIs over the course of sixty games, I mean, like, let's keep that in mind. He has fifty RBIs in the course of sixty something games. The guy gets a, a, an RBI damn near every game, and they don't win. Which means if he was winning, he would have more RBIs. Like, this is the American League's best third baseman. Yeah. Uh, if You know, I mean, Devers so far has been just, yes, great for the Blue Jays. Just, again, team's losing. It's not his fault. Never said it was his fault. I'm just saying. Wait, Devers on the, the Blue Jays? Did I say Blue Jays? It's all right. It's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. All right. I, I was, will, I will he's, on, he's on the Red Sox. Their team isn't winning. I mean, neither are the Blue Jays, but, I mean, Matt Chapman's just him. But, uh, yeah, one more thing I did want to go over. Uh, no All-Star related, but I just saw it. Um, Mariners signed Didi Gregorius, and I love to see that. Didi Gregorius is back in the major leagues. Wait, don't they have J.P. Crawford? He's trash. Um, oh, give the guy a break! I, I will. I will say he's trash. The only reason I don't think Devers will make the All Star All Star team is because they factor in. I, I'd say people voting factor in defense as well, and mm-hmm. Devers is not known for his outstanding defense oh, at their base because his hitting is that much better than his defense. And who the I mean, hell the wants to see does, defense on the on the All Star? The guy does not make errors. I mean, he had nine errors last year, and mm-hmm. people want to. Blame his defense. I mean, yeah, because his defense isn't talked about because his hitting is that good. Good. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Jose. Uh, I'm just biased. I don't like Rafael Devers. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like Jose Ramirez. I. I, I Jose, but, but the thing is, Josh Donaldson. Because, Donaldson, Josh Donaldson because Jose Ramirez is not performing base. good on a good on a good team. Josh Donaldson for third base. That's all I'm saying. Josh um, but yeah, uh, that pretty much wraps up the MLB. Uh, before the All-Star break, uh, sadly, this will probably be our last podcast of the year. It will be, actually. Um, if, again, tomorrow we don't get another uh, NBA podcast in for the finals. But, uh, you know. Uh, Yo, let's, do, let's do playoff predictions then so we could come back and we could yeah. see what happens. Yeah, probably. We could do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, this is it. And have playoff a great afternoon. Prediction. No, I didn't do it. Oh, oh, playoff prediction. Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, so...
we're going to do playoff predictions uh, for right now. Uh, how things are going and what we think are going to be at the end of the year. Um, so for me, I have the Rays and the Astros and the AL getting the buys. Uh, and the wild card matchups being the White Sox versus the Orioles and the Yankees taking on the Rangers. Um, you know, I feel like the Rangers and the Orioles are just going to be that good. And I think the White Sox can really get a comeback with everybody coming off the I.L. Uh, everybody could just be great for that team. They're obviously not going to be better than the Astros or the Rays, but they'll be, you know, they'll be there. And, uh, you know, I think they'll definitely be a, a good team for that. In the NL, uh, I have Atlanta and San Diego. San Diego, I think, makes a comeback in the NL West and gets the second seed and the bye. I think the Braves and the Padres are two candidates. Definitely can get the bye this year. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh in the three seed taking on Miami in the six. Um, uh, you know, again, two teams that really improved this year. The Cardinals can't make a comeback at this point. They're just not that. They're not competent. Um, and Pittsburgh has just improved drastically. Uh, and again, same with Miami. Two teams you wouldn't expect to be facing off in the playoffs, um, especially in this time. Uh, and lastly, four and five, I have the Dodgers taking on the uh, uh, the sorry the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, Diamondbacks again, just really good. Uh, they're gonna they're the future of this league, and I think right now is. They're, they're running the league. They are taking the league right now by storm. They're just... They're improved. They're much better. And I think they can make a five-seed playoff push. The Dodgers can make a big comeback. You know, get the sec- get second in the NL West. NL West is going to be competent between those three teams. And I think those are the three teams that can make it for there. All right, Andrew. Oh, okay. Uh, totally not biased at all. Uh, two buys, Yankees, Astros. Uh, okay. I predict prediction, mm-hmm. even though my predictions were pretty bad. I they feel like this is the one that I believe is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Rays All Star break gonna look good, and they're gonna fall off and lose their first seed and go to wild card. Sexy okay. wild card. Rangers, Rays, Orioles, White Sox. Although I feel like I could put the Guardians where the White Sox are. I mm-hmm. feel like it's interchangeable. And uh, totally not biased mm-hmm. uh, for the NL. Uh, two by D-backs, NL. Braves. Bucks. For the NL, uh, D-backs, Braves. For the two by. D-backs, Braves. Dodgers. Okay. Dodgers clinched a wild card spot. Keep the second second spot. And I see Pirates, Marlins, Dodgers, Mets. Just because I feel like the Mets, they'll, they'll sneak in the third. Right there, right below the Marlins, and just beat out Philly. Yeah. San Diego, I feel, is just too good of a team to be left out of there. Uh, I feel like San Diego's a good team, but they're just not performing well. Mm -hmm. So, like, if if they all line up, Mets not making it. Mm -hmm. But if they stay what they're doing right now, and Juan Soto possibly gets traded for some help, hopefully to the Yankees, (laughs) uh, then we're locked in. That'd be crazy. And, uh, you could go, Lucas. Here you go. Uh, um, well, my buys for the American League. Uh, I'm going to have um, Tampa Bay and Houston. Uh, probably Houston being the number one. I have them having the better record, probably. Or, cause, I mean, it's Tampa. It doesn't matter. They're going uh, to be the two buys. Uh, the third place team has to be the league leader for the Central. 
in which I mean I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Chicago. They're only three and a half games behind. They just got back. Uh, Yohan Moncada. Uh, you have to reckon Dylan Cease picks up his level of play some mm-hmm. sometime soon. And uh, yeah, I mean if it's not them, I'd probably have Cleveland, but. Um, that's that. So I have Chicago being the third seed, and then I guess the fourth best team. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to have Toronto. Uh, they're only, you know, four games worse than the second place team in the American League East, and their ace has been god awful. So you reckon this team picks it up? Even though they don't really have pitching, uh, their offense, I think, is that good. They're going to be able to sustain Baltimore and these other teams. Uh, and then I will have Seattle. Okay. Only because, like, bro, like, Seattle, again, there's 80 games after the All-Star break. And they're going to be really good. And then I have Texas and Cleveland for the last two spots. I don't believe in Baltimore. Um, their wonders will, I mean, it, it's Baltimore end of the day. They couldn't make the playoffs with Kyle Ripken Jr., so... Adley's not Cal Ripken. They're not going to be able to make it there. Um, I mean, I hope so. It'll be an easier win for the Yankees, but, yeah, I don't see it. Um, oh, wait. Did he say the Yankees were going to be in it? No, he didn't say Oh, well, okay. Well, okay. Well, after Chicago, I have the Yankees. And after the Yankees, I'm going to have Seattle and Cleveland. I'm going to have those six teams. So, I guess the same teams as last year, but... Um, yeah, almost just about the same teams. Yeah, actually. I, I just don't see anything better than them. Uh, in the NL, uh, it's, it's going to be the same thing as last year. Dodgers and Atlanta. Uh, those two are by far stand out as the best teams in the National League. Uh, who I have winning the Central, the third seed. I think I'm going to give it to Milwaukee as of right now. Even though I can see St. Louis. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Milwaukee. Um their pitching is just that much better than St. Louis. Uh, fourth seed. I didn't even mention St. Louis. <laughs> I didn't even mention St. Louis. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to climb out this hole with the pitching. Uh, I get fourth seed. This is a, a big sleeper one. But I'll give it to the San Diego Padres. Uh, I put them at two, so I'm not sleeping on them at all. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm, I, am. I don't I'm understand feeling. how that team... You have Tatis, Soto, and Machado, and you don't have them making the wild card. Kind of crazy. Go over 500. Yeah, no. Listen, this is the first <laughs> half. It's the first half. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. Second half. Second half is when players heat up. So um, they'll have those two, um, and then I have Philly. I mean, you just can't dismiss a team that made the world. I don't think ever in the history has a team made the World Series and not make the playoffs the next year. Ever in MLB history, I don't think so. I can't recall the time. So, yeah, I'm going to have Philly for that reason, and which leads me down to that's the third, fourth, and fifth seed, which means down to one more team. And I guess I'm going to go with Arizona. Um, like, I, mean, I don't see much in that team at all, but uh, they're playing good baseball as of late. And I guess, I mean, yeah, I'll just have Arizona just for you know because you need a fill-in team and I don't see any other team better than them, which leaves the Mets off. But I, I'm not surprised that team's not. I wouldn't be surprised. That team. That's why I put them. Yeah, there. we're all sleeping on the Mets. Uh, I don't. Everybody's know. sleeping on the Mets. I have them. The I have them in mind, but 
I will not be shocked in any way, shape, or form if another team clinches the wild card instead of them. Yeah. Against them at a series. I can see it. <laughs> all I'm saying well, they can't is, beat the Padres in the playoffs. So. All I'm saying is, if the Mets have to go down to winning one series like they did last year, that's all I'm going to say. They're not making They're not it past the wild card. All I can say, you know who the Mets are playing at the end of the year? Philly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you. Philly is going to clinch it. If it happens, it happens. That's why I have Philly making a push because if Philly, if, if look, because Miami, yeah, you're the, gonna reckon they're gonna fall apart. The last two series they played at home, Marlins, Phillies. I see it. Mm-hmm. I see the future. Sometimes, sometimes we are gonna have to see, and this time we are going off the air. All right, MVP, <laughs> Luis Arias, National League MVP. Have a great day.